Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Doctoring Duo podcast, a podcast hosted by two medical students uh, from the formerly average pre-meds to the average pre-meds, uh, where we give you our unfiltered uh, experiences with medical school, as well as our advice. We don't receive pay um, or subsidy from anybody to tell us what to say. So as always, my name is Eleni, and I am an MS2 at Penn State College of Medicine. And as a reminder, I speak only for myself and not for my institution. Yeah, so hey, everyone. I'm Noah. I'm a second year at Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine. Like Eleni, I only speak for myself and not Mayo Clinic. All right. Uh, since we're in the season of Thanksgiving, uh, Noah and I wanted to talk a little bit about what we're thankful for and in terms of medical school. You know, what I was thinking about was how thankful I am that medical school is so dissimilar to undergrad. Yeah. Now, I think med school is different in a lot of in a lot of good ways, good and bad ways. Um, one of the major ways, and we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast but before, is like just the sheer volume of information. But um, at least one big change for me is undergrad was a lot bigger. In med school, we have a much smaller class. So it's nice that I actually get to know everyone on that level. So I think that's been one of the major changes for me is actually knowing everybody who I'm in class with. Awesome. Yeah, I um, I agree with that. I mean, my med school class is about the same size as our high school graduating class, right? Because how yeah. many were in our high school graduating class? Yeah, actually, yeah, about 100, 120 or something like that. It was like 135 or something like that. Okay. Let, me, let me look this up. Uh, I'm I'm curious. Um, oh my gosh, you graduated in 2018. Isn't that crazy? I know. That's wild. Five years ago. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I have about 130 in my class right now, um, in medical school, which I think is about on par with uh, how many we had um, in high school. So it's a bigger med school class, though, and that's like the thing, which is I went from UVA. Right, which is, gosh, four four thousand kids, three thousand kids, and in, in one graduating year, to one hundred and thirty in my high school class. It feels, excuse me, in my med school class, it feels just like high school again. Like you, you really, really, really get to know your classmates in some great ways and some not so good ways. Can med school in a lot of ways can feel a lot more like high school than undergrad in terms of the social dynamics. Not that my class has a bunch of drama, but I just think in the way that you have friend groups again, um, that sort of isolate from each other in different ways that can be interesting. Um, you certainly have your people who you know best and your people who you're um sort of more acquaintances with. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I know something about everybody. Um which, you know, I think is really unique. And I have a smaller class than you with 55. So we're actually pretty uniquely close. Um, we have clinical groups that we go through, that we've gone through the entire year and a half with. Um, so you know those people really well, both as friends and then as future colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's one thing I guess I'm grateful for is that like, I really found my friend group a lot more quickly in uh, medical school than I did in undergrad and I think just because of size so it's kind of like you gravitate towards people you're similar to and uh other, others who you're not uh you keep as acquaintances whereas in in college you're constantly sifting through people clubs activities service fairs that type of thing yeah I would agree I think one of the other differences that I think 
I'm grateful for in terms of medical school is that I was surprised by was the actual relative amount of free time that you have and not necessarily free time to be goofing off, but free times in terms of how to structure my day as far as studying. So back in undergrad, you know, I might have three or four classes a day at various times of the day. And then those dreaded chemistry and biology labs that go on for hours um, in medical school, at least for me, it was pretty much you have things in the morning, maybe from eight to 11 or eight to noon. And then depending on the what stage you are in the curriculum, you might have various clinical activities in the afternoons. Then you have certain days that are free. And for me, that allowed me to have a lot more structure and how I wanted to organize my days, how I could do my studying, where can I do things for self-care that, um, don't get me wrong, I had a lot of that time in college too, but I think it's just different in a good way. Absolutely. Um, speaking of different in a good way, kind of, and building off of what you're saying is like, yes, there's volume, but there's also more time. Um, and I know you kind of talked about that a little bit, but I mean, I've been going home a lot more. I know you went home a lot uh, in undergrad, but for me personally, I'm going home a lot more um, in medical school than I was ever in undergrad. And I think, you know, it's because it's just, I have the time now to to come home and, and be with family. And it's nice because I can manage my own time. I'm not constantly stuck at campus over the weekends. Like, yes, I do service events and that type of thing, but they're far and fewer in between because I think everyone knows that we're med students and we're busy. And I think that that really kind of adds to to the experience. I've, I've been closer to my family personally than I ever was in undergrad. Yeah, I would agree. So for me, it looks and it kind of looks different for us because what was interesting is that you're a little bit farther away for undergrad at UVA than from the Hampton Roads area. And for me, I'm literally thousands of miles away in Rochester, Minnesota versus Suffolk, Virginia. And now you're closer in med school. But for me, um, you know, I can certainly call my parents every day. I have a fiance. I have time to talk to her and make sure that our relationship is going well. And I think that, um, you know, in undergrad, like the constant stress of grades adds on to it. So another thing med school for both of us is pass fail. So that takes a lot of the stress out of it and allows you to build that time for for family, significant others, um, self-care. And that has been a really nice change instead of worrying about, I need a 93 in organic chemistry. You can kind of be like, well, this goes in the 30% bucket that I'm not going to worry about. Yep. The uh, effort bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I'm really grateful to, for too, and something we don't really talk about is kind of like the age variance in our class. Um, like I, my friend group, I'm the youngest of my friend group. <laughs> the second youngest is like 24 or 25. So we're separated by a couple of years. And the oldest person in our friend group is 38. And like, getting to, you know, see her life experience and really, you know, understanding just kind of the world through different people's eyes and, you know, different experiences. Cause no, you and I, we both came through straight through from, from undergrad. And so we've been kind of perma students and it's been really nice. Like I've, I've talked to folks that have worked in the industry for 10 years, uh, who've worked as teachers, who have worked in completely different prof- professions, finance, uh, consulting and brought their experiences to med school. And I really, really enjoy that diversity in our class. Yeah, that's something that's um, 
really nice but in terms of life experience and then i think one thing that's really unique and and every med school will have this diversity but i think um some other forms of diversity too like religious diversity i know for a lot of times um we have muslims in our class we have jews christians all the various um face in between and that's been a really cool experience to be able to talk to people about that part of their lives and then like you said sort of like the different life experiences and what's cool is then as a second year you meet first years who have lived more than you there's a guy in my class who's been a mental health counselor for a really long time before coming to med school you have people who've been nurses um who can be just as good clinically as you are second year in their first year um so that's been just really interesting and unique and you just got to remember that um, just like your patients, people come from different vantage points than you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the the clinical experience point has been very interesting because there's been people that were like PAs. Like I think someone in our class was like an ICU PA before <laughs> coming to med school. And I'm like, and he knows everything, right? And I'm like, oh man, I got some catching up to do. Um, so I really appreciated that diversity. And like, like I have a friend um who's Muslim who you know, was willing to share her faith with me and took me to a mosque to, to learn about prayer service. It was just, it was so beautiful learning about that. And that was not really experience I had in undergrad. Um, I have a friend who's from New Mexico. I've never met anybody from New Mexico. <laughs> Sorry to anybody from New Mexico who's listening to this. Um, I've heard it's a wonderful place. But yeah, that diversity is just absolutely amazing. Um, truly. All right, Noah, it's, I've said a couple things I've been thankful for. What are some things that you're thankful for? Hmm. Let me see. I think one of the biggest things, and I had this in undergrad and in medical school, it's really, I think, blossomed quite nicely is, and one thing that I've really truly come to value is the value of mentorship and both physicians and in terms of, you know, supportive family members too. Um, my parents have always been supportive of my journey, my greater extended family. And then in medical school, I've met some wonderful physicians and other healthcare staff who've led me along my journey. Dr. Kung has been an amazing research mentor for me. Um, I've had physicians who've created unique clinical experiences just for me. I send an email and they're like, I'll do this for you. You don't worry about it. Um, and just make sure when you go to a school that you know that your faculty have the students' backs. And I think that's truly invaluable. And to have those people you can go to and you're like, hey, I think I really like this specialty. I'm not quite sure what I want my life to look like yet. And to have those career discussions, those are just as important as your clinical rotations third year to have those one-on-one -on -one talks with people and have those crises of faith regarding your specialty or work-life balance and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, speaking of mentors, I've just been thinking kind of about the mentors that I've met. And one thing I noticed, and I don't know, because I know William and Mary's a little smaller than UVA, um, but I remember when I was at UVA, just the amount of attendings that I emailed to get, or like PIs that I emailed to get research. Like I would be emailing. I remember my first year at UVA when I was trying to get research, I emailed 26 professors. I got responses from three, two of which were no, and one of which was a maybe. And that maybe luckily did end up turning into a lab experience that was really wonderful for me and my development. But I don't know, at, at Penn State, it's been so, like, I feel like research kind of falling off trees. I mean, obviously, it's not going to, like, come and hit you in the face. Sometimes they do, but most of the time they don't. 
and uh, you got to reach out to attendings, but attendings are so willing to bring you on. They're so willing to accommodate to your schedule. Um, they're so willing to kind of, you know, help you out and, and mentor you. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. And that's been one of the major differences. So I didn't email as many professors as you during, uh, <laughs> during undergrad, but yeah, sort of along that same line of still multiple emails. Some I never heard back from some would say maybe, and eventually yes. Um, but you know, in med school, I found it's really not a matter of if it's more of when, like, when can I meet you? When can I bring you along and help you out? And, you know, that's just, you know, medicine, um, is so hierarchical and to have people reach down and to know what it's like to be a medical student and be willing to put your themselves in your shoes again is just really nice. Yep. I, you know, I one thing, speaking of being in your shoes, you know, one thing that really frustrated me when I was an undergrad was that professors always felt like they didn't remember what it was like to be a student, right? Um, and it would be like, oh man, why are they giving us like these super hard exams? Or like, why are they demanding us study like 10, hour, 10, 10 hours a day for this class when I have like six other classes? Do they not remember what it was like to be a student? And I just remember, you know, I emailed one of the cardiologists that was directing our cardiology course and the man responded in six minutes to my email. Like, I mean, the man's a cardiologist and he, he still <laughs> took the time to respond. And, you know, there's always going to be those professors that are not so cool, right? As in any institution, I'm sure Noah had those while at Mayo. Um, but I think the vast majority are really, really geared towards your success and really understanding. Like, you know, I hate keep going back to the PIs, but like I have told PIs, like I'm going to be off the grid for like a month because I need to study. <laughs> like I told my PI, I'm doing um, a, a neuromuscular uh, gene panel uh, study and she's a fellow, uh, for, neurology fellow right now. And I was like, hey, like, I so cannot like manage this right now. I need to go study for my neuroanatomy exam. She's like, no problem. And she was willing to let me stall entering data for like a month. And like, that is just something you don't get in undergrad. Yeah, yeah, same here. I've had people be like, listen, anatomy is like the hardest course. I need my seven weeks to get through this. And then I promise I can turn my attention. And everybody's like, yeah, I know what it's like being a first year medical student. You <laughs> like take your time. Um, and yeah, so I think one of the things that Lenny and I have just really echoed is that um, the physicians at almost any of these medical schools are going to go and our experiences go above and beyond for you. But yeah, let me see. Let me try and think since you've given a couple. So I gave one of mentorship, another thing that I've been thankful for. I think one of the other things that I've been thankful for, and this is sort of cliche, but is just the sheer variety and early death of clinical exposure that we get. I've had the opportunity to meet um, so many amazing patients already. Um, literally, um, we had a GI physical exam session and like the physician was going over to scratch test. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a game changer. Like why, like, thank you for this. And I think that's um, just to have this light bulb moments like that um, during your moments of clinical training, I think is always really cool. Um, and one thing for me is seeing, and Eleni, I'm sure you've had the same feeling of seeing yourself as a second year being like, wow, I had I couldn't do a head to toe physical my first day when I walked in here. And now I feel pretty confident working my way through it. Even if I don't know the diagnosis at the end, I can at least do a physical exam and I can take a history and I can have some idea of what's going on. And that's only going to get better as we go forward. That's been really kind of cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, my attendings, I, so we have specific attendings that teach us clinical skills. 
and they would like she would affirm me excuse me you know saying you're gonna like you'll get there you will figure it out like you'll get there and I was like oh my god this is so overwhelming like I would go in a room and I have no idea what to do and I realized kind of as we did like formative exams and that type of thing you know going going into our OSCEs for the end of the year I really you know I really have like I really can do a majority of head-to-toe exam are there some things like you know Ober's test <laughs> Jurgensen beads right the MSK the MSK exam is really rough for yeah me. the MSK exams are hard yeah but you know are there things I'm gonna forget yes but like overall I can build a solid differential without having to look things up and with the knowledge that I gained. And it's such an amazing feeling, you know, watching myself grow from even just a year and a half ago. Yeah. And the other thing that's also been really neat is seeing other classmates and don't get me wrong, all of us, we've been there, but I think what's really cool is you see somebody and we've all been nervous and I'm sure people have had the same thoughts about me. You see somebody nervous, like, like timidly touching the patient and now they're confident they can go through a whole physical exam and to see us grow as a class has also been um neat and for the people for and I don't know how it was for you but for the people that we had in our core focus group of um we call it frames that was our clinical experience in the afternoons um we got really close and we know how we think we know how we do our physical exams um and I think that's always just so cool to to literally go through every moment of your clinical training together and you've grown as diagnosticians and um you know, and being able to put together a differential and work together as a team in clinic. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I've been really thankful for too is like the teamwork aspects. I think that is something that like, it it, it really takes a, a fine skill to develop. And in medical school, they really make you develop it. And, and the best part about it is, you know, vast majority of people on my teams have been just so wonderful to work with, you know, so prepared coming to class like in undergrad there was always like a couple three people on any group project right that were always incredibly uncooperative incredibly unprepared and incredibly unwilling to you know respond right and the, that's the guy that's like we have an abstract due tomorrow and they text 10 p.m the night before yeah, yeah. um and that's one thing that in med school like people are so prepared and it's really nice to work on teams with people who really do care and everyone's on the same page yeah, that's been another one of my experiences for small groups, whether we're putting a case together, a PowerPoint presentation, we're doing a talk um, in clinic when we're presenting on rounds. It's nice to have people who are attentive, who once you give your HPI or you can talk to a classroom and be like, hey, I'm going to go over this presentation with you. And I'm like, oh, don't forget, you forgot to say the vitals before you started going into the physical exam portion of your, um, of your presentation. And to have everybody... Um, everybody, I feel like I was scared coming into medical school because I read on Reddit about like gunners and things like that. But truly, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's like sabotaged me. And I don't think anybody's sabotaged the letty. But, um, you know, no, everybody here has been supportive of each other's goals and, and dreams and, um, you know, trying to heighten our skills as future physicians. And, um, it's, it's just been, like Eleni said, nice to work with dedicated individuals who, who take it seriously, who who want the best for the patient. And that's been, that's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to build off of what you were talking about with like gunners and whatever. Um, 
I honestly, it's been a breath of fresh air. And, and I think in part because I, I'm just, I think you guys are also true pass fail, no internal ranking, right? Yeah. So our schools are both true pass fail, no internal ranking schools. And like having that has been so indispensable in like my medical school experience. Like people are so collaborative. They share study guides. Like I make Anki decks for anatomy for the whole class. Um, like we're willing to turn around and help the first year class. Like, and people are really intent on helping each other. And I think that's different. You know, not that UVA was full of gunners, but, um, you know, undergrad, what it was, was that everything was all about chasing the grade, right? And inevitably, 91 is an amazing grade, but like an A minus is a 3.7 versus a 4.0, right? And so it's like, there's always that element of constantly feeling like you have to outdo everyone else, especially if it was a curve. And then there was always the people that was like, oh, my God, I got a 93, you know, and they're crying in the front row or whatever. Um, and I had people who would, like, ask me for notes constantly because, you know, they didn't want to take their own, you know, just just a lot of kind of, like, things that probably were not very conducive to a healthy learning environment going on. And I just think that being in med school has just completely changed that narrative. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, let me see. I think the I think the last thing. Well, we kind of talked about friends, but um, I just kind of want to reiterate because I think it's important to build a a social circle no matter where you go, and it doesn't have to be in medicine. Um, but that being said, I am grateful for my friend groups that are both in medicine and out of medicine. So for me, my my space that I really like is jujitsu. All those guys over there have been fantastic. It's a way to relieve stress. I get to bond with everybody there. Then with people in medicine, I can go and talk about classes. We can vent about our professors and what they said um, and how they should have done things better or why this class sucked and why this one didn't. But, um, you know, I think it's important that you find that, you find your community, you find your people, and then eventually um, for your specialty, a lot of it is finding your people. Um, and I've been grateful to all my close friends who have been there when it's a tough night um, or you're freaking out about this MSK exam and you're like, I don't know what speeds test does. Like, please help <laughs> people help. Um, so that's been nice. And it's also nice, like I said before, that to have people who are outside of medicine who have no idea what you're talking about and that you can just talk about other things or do other things and have that space because medicine can be all consuming. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that kind of brings, I think the, to kind of our, the end, cause we've been talking for, you know, close to half an hour now at you guys, but you know, I think the biggest thing I'm grateful for is the support system that I've built in med school. Um, the people that I've met, the people I study with, the people at home that are cheering you on. Right. I think that, that really matters. And I think that's even more important in med school than it is uh, in undergrad. It's important in undergrad, but it's especially important in med school because this is a long, hard journey. And um, I think from the outside, people looking in, the public don't really understand, yeah. you know, um, the trials and tribulations. I think they kind of expect the final product, which is after residency. And that's by no fault of theirs, right? But people don't really see the journey. They just see the end. And so it's really important to have people in your corner that see that journey and help see you through it. 
Yeah. And I think it's important to, um, that people understand, like for the people who are closest to you, what this journey truly entails. Um, and nobody really knows until you get there. Um, cause I know Elena, your parents weren't in medicine, my, mine were, but so for me, like Krishana was completely outside of medicine and I'm like, I told her, Hey, I'm going to be busy. And then she's like, yeah, I know you'll be busy. It'll be like college. And I'm like, no, it's a different level of busy. Yeah. And then they, they don't get it until you're there and you're up at 10 o'clock, like still studying the Krebs cycle or um, the specific coagulation cascade. And then eventually in third year, um, when you're in the hospital and you don't come home because you're on surgery. Yep. So it's just different. Like people don't understand the training pathway. So to have people there who are and have the patient of a saint, because it truly does, to deal with a medical student <laughs> in, in a friendship or a relationship is a hard thing. And I'm just so grateful for the people who are there who understand my journey, give me my space and let me do my thing. Um, truly invaluable. And, you know, Noah, I think we're as as bad as I am as texting, I think we're we're part of each other's support systems as well, right? In the yeah. sense that, like, I know that you understand. Like, I can text you and be like, "Oh man, step one sucks," and you'll be <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm right there with you," you know, because I can I can call, you know, my parents whatever as much as I want who are outside of medicine. But the reality of the situation, they're like, "Oh man, that sounds hard," but you really know what it means to to have it suck, right? And your med school friends and my med school friends, it's like, oh man, that tells us super hard. So I think it's important have people both in your med school corner from med school who are outside of it too, because they keep you sane. They do. They really do. So um, it's been a great episode. It's Thanksgiving week. Everybody's excited for Thanksgiving and lots of food except for me because I'm a child and still have a limited palate, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> have we talked about that on the podcast before? No, and we shouldn't. We'll, we'll talk about it another time. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll expose you like later. Yeah. Yeah. You'll expose me later. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think things to keep in perspective, keep, know your goals, know your friends, know your family know your resources um keep in perspective of the things that you're grateful for as you continue along this hard journey and for pre-meds as you try and get to this hard journey because <laughs> it's it's only just starting and um so those would be my final words is just keep in mind all the things that keep you grounded as you go through go through this incredibly hard process yep i think that's a great conclusion Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, we're so thankful for you all as well for listening to us, all 25 of our subscribers um, <laughs> on YouTube. Um, thanks, guys. And we'll see you in the next episode. We'll probably have an episode in December where we kind of talk about the conclusion um, of uh, the... Sorry, I lost yeah. my train of thought. Conclusion yeah. of preclinicals. Yeah, conclusion um, of <laughs> And we'll skip January because we'll both be studying for step one. And then maybe February, probably won't talk about step one until we both get our results, but that will probably be a March episode. So March episode will be step one, February, um, we'll figure out something else. So stay tuned and thanks so much. Take care, guys. See you, everyone.